This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm pretty good, Josh. I've been thinking about coming back from international break. Mm-hmm. There is a, often we find ourselves having a damp squib of of a game week. Yes, that's but true. There have been so many, so many goals in game week twelve. That's true. It delivered on every level. Yeah, we often say that uh, our numbers, our podcast num- listening numbers, are way down when there's a really bad game week or when no one, when no one has any fun, we get like no listens at all. And I think we're gonna, we might see like record numbers this week because there were just <laughs> based on Twitter alone. I mean, there was there was like there was ecstasy this this week. <laughs> well, present present company, right. perhaps. Okay. We'll included. get to your we'll get to your misery in a moment. But I think for for a lot of men, there are people who are cracking 100 points. Uh, it was really, I think it was really. It came down to whether you had a bunch of uh, Chelsea assets. If you were if you were heavily invested in Chelsea, it was a very good game week. Uh, if you didn't, you were still you still could be okay. But that was really yeah. the, the trick to a huge game week was having a bunch of Chelsea players. Uh, the major trick was in our cash league, Josh, uh, new number one, Ben Madison, captains, uh, Salah. So that was a great gambit for a lot of managers. Yeah. It, some managers. It's, that's very true. That's very true. Um, so I was actually uh, – I was traveling this last weekend. I was in San Francisco. Um, but I was able to watch a remarkable amount of, <laughs> of soccer given that I was actually away on a business trip. Uh, I did this by waking up at 4.30 a.m., on Saturday morning to watch matches. I don't know if we, I, I know we have some people who listen on the West coast. Um, as one of our, one of our, um, longtime listeners is from Idaho. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. I don't know if I could do it. If I, in a hotel where I was like already on West coast or East coast time, you know, like I was still, I was still, it still felt like seven thirty. Sure. I was able to do it. Um, I have heard Josh that all 18 of the California raisins actually listen to the always cheating podcast. <laughs> But it is amazing how, like, if a baby cries in the morning, it's like I can't, I couldn't bring myself to cry. Like, like you know, like my I, my whole body like just wills me to stay asleep. You know, it's like I'm a, <laughs> it's like I'm in a cocoon. And there's no there's no waking me up. Uh, uh-huh. But at four thirty a.m., you know, Premier League matches on. I'm up. Like I was wide awake, making coffee, <laughs> watching the Absolutely. watching the North London derby. 
um, which was a pretty interesting match. I mean, we'll we'll talk more about this in a minute, but it was uh, I was not expecting a two nil Arsenal win. It was very far from what you and I predicted last week. And that's ultimately what killed my game week was Spurs' performance because I was one of those that captained Harry Kane. Right. And I've and, and still been relying. Yeah, Erickson. So that that actually kind of uh, killed my game week, and I ended up on 50 points. If we're just going to talk about our teams here. So the sure. game week average in, in week 12 is 56 points, and I came in at 50, largely due to armbanding Kane. I mean, I had... I have four goals across my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are, there are a few fails, granted. I, uh, John Stones goes off with a hamstring. Shane Duffy with a one-pointer. Of course, Calvert, Calvert-Lewin we've talked about to death right. on this podcast. Our installation. But four, four goals in, in your squad, you expect to do better. You expect to hit at least average. Oh, totally. But, Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I'm. It's it's clear to see what I'm missing here. Missing out on huge point getters this week, which we'll talk about. Murata, Salah, uh, hitting the one and, from Stones and we'll have, we'll, too. Yeah, I mean that Spurs plus John Stones, just an awful lot of bad luck in the first two. I heard your voice um, crack there a little bit. I could tell I I struck a nerve with the John Stones thing. <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, John Stones was going to be out going into game week 13 anyhow, because okay. this part of, part of my um, long-term strategy to take all of the money out of my defense and move <laughs> it into my midfield. Uh-huh. And we'll, we'll talk about our transfers at the end of the podcast, but um, he was going to be out regardless. But of course, it's the one match in recent memory where Manchester City keep a clean sheet and right. Stones pulls up with a hamstring. Those are the worst injuries to watch oh. unfold in real time where it, there, it's not a contact injury, right. and but it's clear to everyone watching like, oh, he's out for six weeks. Do you find in those situations where a defender pulls up before 60 minutes that you're actually rooting for the clean sheet to get lost? Just to make you feel without a doubt better with, about it, with, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt, yeah, me too. I mean, you had Phil Jones a couple of yep. game weeks ago, and he went out in like the twenty third minute or whatever it was, and Lindelof there was happened like two minutes short. later. <laughs> Lindelof will happen. Uh, is his his initials may as well be S H I T. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I was I was delighted when that goal. I mean, part, partially because David De Gea is so highly owned, but yeah, just in general, I'm always. You just want to. I don't know. It's like. You want you want it, you want shared misery. You know you, you don't want to feel bad by yourself, uh, and like oh if they're going to lose the clean sheet anyway, then it's then it's okay. Yeah, so it was a t- it was a tough week for you. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a red arrow for me. I'm I'm I've just been bouncing around the mid hundred thousands. I'm now down to five hundred thirty two thousand. It's been feast or famine for me yeah. this season. I mean, well. Feast should be qualified as like big lunch. It's been a big lunch or famine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was it was a famine week. So but I, I do feel like I have a long term plan. Yep. But as as with all things FPL, long term plans uh I know you never get there. Yeah, we'll talk about exactly who's essential, right? These are, the players who are essential are players we were writing off a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um yeah, it's interesting. How'd you do? I had uh, seventy seven points, so I, I had a very good game week. Um I was you know for the second game week in a row, I, I should have captained Salah, and I didn't. Um, I'm sure that uh, I'm you sh- made a really compelling case in the last week's pod, too. I know. I really thought about it. I just um, I was kind of you know I, I just I hit it was it really was because Pogba was back. That was what convinced me to, to captain Lukaku. I thought they would they would link up well, and then naturally Pogba or uh, Lukaku finally does score, but uh, not until Pogba was off the pitch. So um, you know, 
uh, just worked out kind of kind of strangely that way. Um, that goal was like, even though I knew I was too, I was probably just down for six points. It was just it it was so huge. It was such a weight off my shoulders, you know, because you know missing out of Campton, you know, it was ten points, but I don't know. It just it felt like it would have been a big blow to go to have a, a two pointer instead of a sixteen yeah. pointer. Yeah, it it was a good it was a good fantasy goal for you and and a few managers out there. But it read like a testimonial goal. It was like oh. We're crushing Newcastle right now. Yeah. Let's get the big man a goal. <laughs> it's like this is his last game he's going to play in the Manchester United jersey. So let's get him the goal. Well, speaking of you know things that cost you you know like having four goals and still being down at points. I mean that was that was the biggest thing for a lot of managers is if you captain Kane, you didn't want Lukaku to get a goal, right? Because he just just overall you know five million managers. I think he was the number one captain uh, captain option this game week. Yep. And um, so that was just you know it was eight points basically for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the scales, you know, there are game weeks in which the scales kind of even out, um, with multiple captains. And this was just one of those weeks where yeah. the scales just tips so unfavorably to a lot of managers Yeah, um, or against. So I made, uh, I only made one transfer. I kind of had like a late night rage transfer, uh, on Friday night. Uh, I finally, I actually transferred out Phil Jones. Um, I may, I may live to regret it, but. Um, I just I, I didn't want I didn't want to deal with the Jones thing anymore. I felt like it was really affecting the rest of my decision making, like the rest of my defense. Um, and I was also worried about only having uh, ten starters this game week. If if Loftus Cheek hadn't played, um, there was a chance I was going to have to. I might have had ten starters. So instead of dropping Davies, which had David, Ben Davis, which had been the plan, I just dropped Phil Jones and thought, you know what? If I miss out on a clean sheet next week, um, so be it. Their fixtures are about to get a lot worse, and so. Uh, I'm just taking that risk. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I brought in uh, Charlie Daniels, who kind of inexplicably got two bonus points. Uh, <laughs> and it came with yeah, four. I mean, I guess I guess Callum Wilson gobbled up all the points, but uh, I was amazed that I got two from him. Yeah. Daniels kind of like tippy-toed up to the uh, bonus point uh, bank and just like, yoink. Yeah. Snuck exactly. him out of there. <laughs> yeah. So I got eight from Daniels. Uh, Chopa Moting got me 10 today. Um, uh, Sala, Lukaku, uh, Jesus, Loftus Cheek, uh, Joel Ward. So it was, uh, oh, and the Kolasinic, which is like the most like rando clean sheet ever. I could not believe that <laughs> yeah. I got a clean sheet from Kolasinic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and now it's kind of, I'm, I'm glad I have him because now I feel like I've got this, their fixtures are actually pretty good in the future. And so now I feel, I feel good about it. You still have Montreal, right? Yeah, and uh, so talking about clearing the money out of my defense, Monreal is the one that sticks. He'll be my one five million plus defender that I keep because, yeah, as you say, the fixtures look great, and Arsenal have proven, like especially at the Emirates, they've just been um, yeah. they've been uh, impenetrable. Yeah, you know, I was gonna I was gonna keep it until later, but um, Richie FPL mentioned that uh, does anyone know that Arsenal makes clean sheets when Mustafi is playing? Um, he's played six matches for them and they have five clean sheets in those six matches. Um, and I wonder if we need to rethink Mustafi a little bit because when Arsenal bought Mustafi last season, you know, it was considered a great signing, you know, you know, starter on the German national team, uh, you know, world-class center back played for Valencia, um, had a really, I I think, you know, most would agree, uh, you know, pretty difficult start to his career there, um, to the point where they were talking about actually, um, you know, possibly putting him on loan this season. Um, and so, but maybe he has stabilized that defense a little bit. Yeah, it's clear. I mean, I don't know that Mustafi has been overlooked. I think a lot of us had him in our teams last season for a few game weeks. The issue has been he's had injuries here and there. Mm -hmm. 
And with Arsenal having a pretty stable uh, back line to choose from, whether you're looking for attacking wingbacks like Bellerin or Monreal, who has like in the last two seasons been the cheapest reliable option, there was always another route into the Arsenal defense than Mustafi. And his injuries have just come at the wrong time. Right. But uh, if if he's back and healthy and stays that way, there's no reason why you shouldn't be investing in him yeah. over Kolasinac or Monreal. And with with so many fixtures coming up over the next, you know, what is it? I think that we still have what like it's like like this is very much this is the calm before the storm, man. There's like there's so <laughs> many games coming up in the next. I mean, there there are double, you know, there are midweek fixtures like two of the next four game weeks or something like that, right? There's midweek fixtures. Uh, not this week, but next week, and then like two weeks later, there are more midweek fixtures, and then there's all the holiday fixtures. So, you know, it's not a bad idea to invest in a center back, especially in a team like Arsenal that's a little light on center backs because yeah. there's five point a little more rotation. Five point three million. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, man. I didn't think we were going to go so heavy on Mustafi, but um, I felt like we had to. So, before we get into, we got a lot to cover this game week. Um, before we get into it, Brandon, um, do you have any an opinion on the Chopu meltdown? That took place. Uh, yeah, yeah. We let's make it canon for the <laughs> always cheating podcast. So, as as longtime listeners know, if there's a midweek fixture, Josh and I are in the office, usually g chatting with each other. Mm-hmm. Now that you know, because we work in offices, that can be counteracted by being in meetings or or busy or whatever. Right. So there can be some delay. Um, in the, you know, it's like it's like it's like yeah. it's like we're te- like communicating by telegraph sometimes. So here's my side of the story. There was a delay in this G-chat conversation about the Chupamoting. He scores a goal. You go into a meeting. I have had no communication with you about Brighton Stoke up to this point. Then Zuma scores his goal, and there is a whiff of maybe it's a Chupo assist. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Right, right. And I was was, uh, at this point – Gross hadn't scored his goal. I was having kind of a really crummy week. You were having a good week. Mm -hmm. We are very competitive by nature. It is very hard (laughs) for me to extend any sort of congratulations to you. Not your natural motive. I am much more likely to go the other way, actually, but maybe in a condescending sort of way. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're you're the one most likely to concede defeat to somebody in the money league when you clearly have like the high ground. Right. Exactly. That's where you are. So anyway, um, not to get too derailed here. So anyway, you finally get back to your computer, I see. And I'm just kind of done with the game week and I want to banter. I want to banter with my bud. So um, I just G-chat you like, hey, how do you feel about Chupo not getting that assist? It's kind of a tricky one. And you respond like, yeah, he didn't really deserve it anyway. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had seen some slow motion video. Look, if, if, well, if I, was- I love, I love a, you also then say, I saw it in slow-mo <laughs> as if like millions of people around the world don't also have access to slow motion video. <laughs> well, you were, you were saying it like you hadn't seen the slow-mo. So, I mean, if he, if it was a Chopo assist, it's like his, the, like, he, like the product in his hair was so stiff that that's like, that helped direct the ball. I mean, he, he barely touched it. So this is the, this is the reason we're telling this story, dear listeners, is because, and I think we've all been here with our highly competitive friends, is I go from just sort of 
joking with you and being like, oh, Josh doesn't care. Mm -hmm. It's not a Chupo assist. And he's 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 seen the slow-mo replay Mm -hmm. and he doesn't care. And so I try to make a joke about it. And you send me another serious reply. No. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh Immediately I realized, oh, he he's really uh He's really blown up about this. I'm not this blown up. I was just, I was trying to keep it cool, you know. It's no, no. and then and then what did you do? Well, finally, I was like, well, listen, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a jerk and bring up that you brought in Duffy and he's on one point right now. I wouldn't do that to you. And so that was my subtle way of, of getting my dig in. Not very subtle, uh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, what kind of dig? What kind of dig is that too? I didn't bring in Shane Duffy. You already picked up your your gross goal. I knew I knew you were okay. <laughs> yeah, hitting my hitting my uh, six points below average. All right, Everybody we're, we're does, destroying. Right? The, yeah, exactly. We're destroying this episode yeah, of the we're, podcast. We're disgusting people. Uh, Hail Cheaters Super League. Let's run down the top ten. Uh, I'll, I'll let me take the lead here, Brandon. Go for it, Joshua. Magnus Westerstrand, beautiful creatures, in tenth place. Uh, football friend FC Nick Tudhope in ninth, uh, four twenty Fedora Fanatics will see as an eighth. That's a new. That's a new. Wow, one what, that name is 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 ridiculously beautiful, and I don't know if he's trolling people. He must be who like to smoke weed and wear fedoras. I'm not I sure. I think so. Uh, Hippo FC Pat Vivavitz in seventh, uh, ninety nine points for Hippo. That's impressive. That's, now is Hippo FC? Is that from last year? I feel like he's a fixture in. This season, Re- last season, I recognize Pat. I yeah. feel like I, we've had Pat for a few seasons now. Yeah, but can we say scoring a ninety-nine point game week is a little bit like bowling a two hundred and ninety-nine score? <laughs> it is like one yeah. pin short of a perfect game. It's true. You'd almost rather have like a ninety-six point game week or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Red Devils. Uh, Daniel Kim is on sixth with uh, eighty-three points. Uh, Godby Town FC. Dan Ghost in fifth. Sala Fingers. Danny McHugh. Uh, is in fourth. Cliche's clean sheets are our, our, our boy, Fabio Borges. Uh, What's up, Fabio? Tied for second with two girls, one schlup, Andrew Ferguson, 88 points. Um, and very top of the table, Brandon, Scott Powell's enter at Shakiri, 63 wow. points, 774 total points. Well done to you, Scott. I'm impressed. Well done, Scott. And it's never too late to join the Always Cheating Super League. Just go to our website, alwayscheating.com. Click the League tab and auto-join. And the League code is on all of our social media. We're like close to uh, 2,500 managers yeah. there. And it is the greatest mini-league in the that world. That is true. It's so good that Brandon and I can't. I almost – I'm outside the top – I'm like 201 right now. So I'm I'm doing – I actually – I jumped about 40,000 spots, Brandon. So I'm, I'm around 50,000 right now in the season. So – that's huge, Not man. Bad. Keep it going. Yeah, thank you. Uh, all right. See, I, I can be I can be nice when I want to. Yeah, you can be. That was that was that's true. Uh, Survivor Patreon Survivor League update. There are fourteen survivors left. I'm not going to run through the all fourteen of them yet. There's still too many. Uh, but ten out of the fourteen managers picked Man United or Liverpool. So uh, should get pretty interesting in that Survivor League now, Brandon, as we start to uh, you know hack away um, at all the, at all the top teams. You know, all the low hanging fruit. Now it's just like. You're going to have to pick Huddersfield to win a game. <laughs> I was just thinking of Huddersfield is um, Huddersfield is quickly getting to that point of Cinderella story to they're definitely the worst team in the it's league. So weird. Right? But then how do they beat Man United 2-1 a couple weekends? It's so uh, – they're strange. It's, was, this, it's, the, it's the greatest advertisement for the Premier League, Josh. Yeah. Parody, baby. The Barclays Premier they're, League. 
There is definite parity between <laughs> Manchester United and Huddersfield. You heard it here That's first. That's true. And Barclays isn't even a sponsor anymore. Uh, rants of the week, we have two. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson says, rant. Uh, when you ask an expert about Captain Hazard or, Rich- or Richarlison, and you are told Hazard, but you think you know better, and that Pulis will set, set up the big bus, so you Captain Richarlison. He also spells Richarlison wrong twice here, but that's all right, that's all right Jeremiah. <laughs> uh, I still got 16 points from Rich Boy, but could have had 36 from Hazard. I gotta say, I think if I if I captain a player and I get attacking points, like I did with Lukaku, you know, yeah. eight for eight from a Charleston, I feel like I'm not complaining that much, right? Yeah, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. Here, the slight caveat to that: the fact that Richarlison didn't get any bonus points would definitely stick in my craw. Sure. Uh, if yeah, I, I generally agree with you. Any attacking points is good. If there's a bigger haul somewhere in your in your squad, no regrets. Right. But if that if that if there are no bonus points on the captain. I hate that. Right. I hate that. Yeah, uh, yeah that is true, actually. But Richarlison, that's just you, – you cannot expect bonus points from him at this point, right? Like unless he's it doesn't getting seem like, double attacking returns. Yeah. He, I guess if we can have a Richarlison sidebar real quick. He's a strange FPL asset right now. I mean he feels like he's kind of neck and neck with Pascal Gross. People are treating him like he is an Aaron Ramsey-level player. Mm-hmm. But um, – I don't know. I'm, I have him in my team. Very happy to have him. Sure. But I, I, I would never go so far as to armband him. It's, there are still a few question marks I have. Yeah. I really wish I had him in my team. I, I actually think he's a borderline essential player at this point. Um, he, like, just given how, given how attacking he is, I mean, he's pretty much an out of position striker, right? I mean, if he's, if he's not, if he's not 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 striker, he's he's right up there. I mean, I know, I guess Andre Gray technically is the striker. The Will Hughes yeah, thing well, is it, weird, by the way, right? Where did Will Hughes come from? <laughs> no, that, that like, beautiful pale yeah, face like powder, and, and white like, hair. What, what was going on? Was, he's like he's like powder. He is like cure, curing uh, dead deer on the sidelines. Or yeah, something. Do we both independently say powder? Do we say powder over each other? We're like competing to say uh, powder first okay basically there only needs to be one host on the always cheating <laughs> podcast at this point. um yeah no he, he looks great but i think there's is is his place secured because isn't perea he's he playing in perea's position yeah i mean he's only i think he's only started two games on the season uh he's one yeah. to watch but I, I i wouldn't be transferring him in yet i don't think there's um yeah. i think you can feel confident in him starting just to qualify all that Richarlison talk, though, like I think he's a really special player, and he's like a perfect fit for that Watford squad. Sure. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you. He's probably a must-have in your team at this point, given the value for points. Right. Uh, it, it, yeah, but the bonus point thing is kind of worrying. Yeah, it's just, but that's just, that's just, that's the price you pay for having a player who's constantly, you know, attacking. Right, it's, right. Gonna, even even Suarez, even the likes of Luis Suarez suffered from this. right. Exactly, he's, he's going to pick up fouls. He's going to have a lot of shots off target. Um, you know, so uh, he's not going. He's not, well, not going to pass it as much as he should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Last one. You can read this final rant here, but you got to actually say the exclamation points. Okay, I'll read this with feeling. This rant comes from Tom Smith. He says, "Quote: After captaining Kane, my tolerance finally erupted." He is immediately transferred after the Arsenal game. Even Erickson felt my wrath. I wash my hands of them. Aguero and Sanchez both in. A little rash? Perhaps. I couldn't even blame alcohol on this occasion. Now, first point, Tom, maybe you have an alcohol problem. (laughs) (laughs) 
Second point, um, we'll probably be talking a fair amount about Spurs in the uh, the meat of this podcast, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, I just I I, I thought this was funny. I, I've been there before too, and that, that's actually how I felt about Phil Jones. Uh, was just like another day of me reading press conference notes, like trying to figure out if there was any any tea leaf, like any any. It, it was kind of weird. Like the only time that Mourinho had actually said that Jones was out was like it's some like award presenting like a new Audi or something like that. There was like an like an Audi convention or something. And he got sure, like interviewed afterwards. He was like there as like a like a you know to glad hand or whatever. And then he yeah. just started complaining about the England national team and Phil Jones playing. And um but that was like the only time he mentioned he was out. So I was like, oh like am I making a <laughs> mistake here? Uh, uh, I, I will say this just in response to Tom is I, I actually wish I did what Tom did because my grand like five-step plan is uh, like moving John Stones, then I'm turning uh, Pascal Gross into Mo Salah, mm. and then I'm turning Jesus into Morata. It was all like perfect pieces of the puzzle. But with Salah and Morata both blowing up on Saturday, they both jumped by 0.1 in price yeah. Saturday night because of the Tom Smiths of yeah. the world. Yeah. And my plan – now I have to recalibrate the plan. Yeah. <laughs> there was someone on Twitter who had like a, a real meltdown about Saturday night price rises. And he was it's like – insane. He was like, listen, people, there's games on Sunday. There are games on Monday. There are Champions League. Five teams are playing. Why can't you wait? Uh, and he was, like, <laughs> he was like, I'm just like – he's like, I'm banging my head hands against the wall here. Uh, well, why can't they wait? On top of like how how many game weeks have we been sitting there like for days and days and days waiting for a price change to happen like FPL statistics fantasy football fix predicting like two hundred percent guaranteed Lukaku price fall right right and 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 it's not happening but of course that very <laughs> night on Saturday Murata and Salah both go up so we know too much now yeah exactly um, all right Brad let's take a quick break and get into more of the podcast. Same old podcast, always Josh, we're back, and it's starting 11. Starting11.io, it's the newest daily fantasy app for the Premier League. And this weekend, I did head-to-head challenges with a couple of our listeners. Uh, Stephen Toomey, he continues to crush me, like, week in, <laughs> week out. I don't know what sort of, like, game genie code shark Stephen Toomey has on his phone, but he... Um, he beats me every week. He, he's he's unlocked the secrets here. Also played newcomer to the starting eleven app. AM Saturday, and uh, actually I was able to use my experience points to beat AM Saturday. But we're doing a great thing with starting eleven, uh, which is available for your iPhone and your Android phone. If you want to challenge us head to head on this great daily fantasy app, just hit up me or Josh on a direct message on Twitter on Facebook. Send us an email at hailcheaters at gmail.com, and we'd love to play it. Yeah, exactly. If you're home with your family for Thanksgiving, you're home for the holidays, there's a lot of fixtures coming up. Uh, maybe you just need a break from the the, the absolute grind that the next <laughs> the next 10 fixtures in like 18 days are going to be, or whatever it is, uh, through the end of Christmas. Um, come play starting 11 with us. Um, if you even, you know, if you're, if you're in New York, you can come, you know, visit with us and we'll, uh, we'll all do like a starting 11 you know, meetup together. We'll make transfers in real time in front of each other 
via our phones. <laughs> <laughs> it's so provocative. I love it. it We're going to transform in front of each other. Uh, and, you know, another thing that's, that's just as a little off note, but I think starting 11, we actually got put in touch with the Fantasy Football Pundit folks. Um, and uh, they've been gracious enough to sort of uh, welcome us into their network. So um, thanks to those guys as well. And they're also, yes. they're also friends of starting 11. So it's a, it's a good, you're, you're part of a community when you do starting 11. Yeah, it's funny you were mentioning the grind of the FPL coming up. I just imagine all of us FPL managers as like UPS uh, warehouse workers and UPS drivers, like <laughs> gift give, gift giving season. Yeah, it's basically we're rolling up our shirt sleeves big time right now in, in fantasy. Exactly. This is this is our time, Josh. This is our time. So visit starting11.io. Check out the app. Uh, you can also download it on your iOS and Android, and uh, message me or. <laughs> message me message me and or brandon uh on uh, on twitter uh or you can find us on facebook you can email us hailcheaters at gmail.com uh you can even message us uh via our website alwayscheating.com and we would love to uh, to play you in a starting 11 challenge and uh uh there's also a lot of interesting changes coming to that app in the next few weeks so uh so stay tuned on that and um yeah check it out Key topics this week, Josh. We have a few, and we're going to start with the midfield. Uh, Big-time guys like Paul Pogba. Paul is back. And, of course, Mo Salah continues to roll on. We've got a lot of questions from our listeners here about midfielders. First one from FPL Penguin. Pog back. Is he essential now? After one game, Josh. Granted, he looked fantastic uh, against right. Newcastle. Let's, let's think about what the word essential means, Brandon. Webster's mm-hmm. defined uh, – no, essential is basically uh, that they have some mix of price and fixtures and consistency of starts, right? Would you say that's, yeah. that's what essential means basically in, the, in a fantasy sense? Yes, I would say that. And also when I think about essential, I think about how many essential slots do you actually have in your team? Right. Is it – do you have, do you have an, an essential defender, midfielder, or striker? Right. Or do you have just two essential slots? Right. Because if if, the, if those essential players can be moved out like after one bad game week, I, I don't think they're truly essential. Right. An essential yeah. player is someone you're you're planning on bringing in for five or ten weeks. Right. Lukaku was essential at the start of the season. He wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And you talked about this with Richarlson, too, sort of similar in a similar vein with Josh King last season. You could have mid-priced essentials just because the ownership is skyrocketing and they consistently deliver, therefore essential. Right. And someone like Pascal Gross is right on the cusp, I think, of being essential because he's still so cheap, right? He's under six million. He has to play every match for them if they're going to stay up. Right. Yeah. And, right. you know, and he's, and he's the one who's the chief creator in that squad. So he, you know, he'll probably play through most of the holiday fixtures and borderline essential, I would say. Not, not Some fully essential because like, you can have, there are other players like Richarlison who can kind of do what he does, but it's close. Yeah. Right. And I think the concern with a guy like Pascal Gross is, um, is, is this just anomalous how he's been putting up so many numbers of, of late? Because Brighton, isn't by a statistical account the type of team that is going to post attacking returns just like that steady. So so with that said, is Pogba essential? There's a case to be made for it, for sure. Um, he's probably the most – now, assuming he stays healthy, right, the hamstring thing is truly behind him, he's probably going to play in almost every single match, right? 
I mean, given how Manchester United played when he went out, it's he's the linchpin. Right. He's the missing link. He didn't miss us. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm sure he maybe missed one or two, but he was the least rotated player in that squad last season under Mourinho. Exactly. Goal assist, two bonus points, 12 points off the back, 8 million. So he's, he's you know, almost, I mean, he's a borderline mid-tier midfielder, right? He's not even, mm-hmm. you know, at the, at the top end of the, he's 2.5 million cheaper than his art. He's um, he's in that uh, Sané Sterling bracket right now, and right. if you're talking about consistency of starts and attacking potential, you could argue that he beats yeah. at least Raheem Sterling at this. Point. Sterling to Pogba is very tempting, and it's it's really tempting to get in before the price change. I don't, you know, it, it's it's really tough to to transfer out a player like Sterling before a match away to a team like Huddersfield. Yeah, um, right. Probably, I probably in the end can't do that it's just that would be too much of a luxury transfer i i you know i've got players like ben davis and chalaba who just have to get transferred out before the holidays start mm-hmm. um because they're just not going to be starting enough for me you got to send them home for the holidays <laughs> exactly but i mean if i were wild carding right now he would absolutely 100 percent be in my team yeah now i don't want this to come off as like um talking out of both sides of our mouths because last week we had a few questions about pogba and they asked and people were saying like should we get him in i certainly um i was a little more pro but we were kind of on the we were both a little on the fence yeah and i felt like we really needed to see and you just don't know somebody coming back with that sort of injury and i think Pogba took everyone a little bit by surprise yes. that he it was like he didn't miss a single step. It's just, so now that yes. now that we've seen him play like that on board 100%. Exactly, seen him play. That he just he looked good, right? He looked up for it. Just like he did the first few weeks of the season. This is why you know going into the if you listen to some of the preview podcasts, I'm like Pogba's like biggest detractor. I'm like such a like you know, I'm just I'm like I just Pogba on him. Can't shoot. Yeah, Pogba can't shoot. I think I was ending podcasts saying that, reminding people that he can't shoot. I'm just not sure he can shoot. Yeah, but. there are other midfielders to talk about here, but uh, with Pogba too. At the start of the season, the big debate was Pogba or Mkhitaryan, and it was it's like VHS or Betamax. Mkhitaryan is Betamax 100, percent and Pogba is Pogba might be. I'm not ready to say Pogba is 4K, Josh. Uh-huh. He's at least a Blu-ray. He's a Blu-ray. He's blue. Maybe HD. He's HD DVD. <laughs> All right. Christopher Adams asks, how does the return of Pogba and Ibra affect Lukaku's stock? So we're kind of talking about midfielders a bit here. But uh, Lukaku dropped out of a lot of teams, mine included, because United were a little listless in the attack, but Pogba is back now. And when he was there, it was like Lukaku was guaranteed a goal a game. So that's a plus. But the minus is everyone's talking about how when Ibra comes on the pitch, he basically directs Lukaku unceremoniously out <laughs> to the wing. Yeah. So so you're you're still a Lukaku owner. I I generally am feeling like um, motivation to get back on the Lukaku bandwagon? Yeah, I'm a little... I, I, the, the temptation is to keep Lukaku for two more game weeks, you know, the home fixture to Brighton, uh, away to Watford, and then and then possibly move him after that, uh, probably to Alvaro Morata, right? That seems like the, the most logical transfer. Um, yeah. I'd also save a million that way, thereabouts. Um, so, I mean, the fact that Ibra and Lukaku played together is encouraging. Right. Um, I wondered if they would. I wondered. Uh, Mourinho is not the kind of manager who just 
who just goes like for like like that. So I, I wasn't surprised to see them play together, but it was encouraging. I, I don't actually mind him being out on the on the wing like that. If, if that's if that's how it works, I think that's actually fine because a player like Eber is so good, he's going to create chances for Lukaku. Yeah, and I, look, if so long as Lukaku keeps starting, I don't. I I agree with you. I don't see the introduction of Ibra um, pushing Lukaku to the bench. Uh, I think either maybe they'll both start, but Lukaku is just like a ninety minutes solid player. Champions League changes that a little bit. Yeah, but. it's hard. To, it's hard to sit here and you know and talk about who's not like who's going to get rotated and not over the next. Overall, the next fixtures, because I think almost everyone is going to. I mean, you know, especially if you look at those holiday fixtures, I mean, you know, some teams are playing three games in seven days. I mean, it's just it's hard to believe that you're not going to see rotation even among theoretically rotation free players like Pogba and Lukaku. And, you know, obviously Man City are going to see lots of rotation there. Right. Okay, so we have a question from Jeff Petter that leads us from the midfield into Chelsea talk, which Chelsea had a massive win against a diabolical West Brom. So Jeff asks, Pogba or Hazard both looking great, but Chelsea's fixture of swing is doing it for Jeff. Uh, so how are we feeling about Hazard? He's kind of been like lying in wait, and he pounced. I do have a question about... Chelsea's pummeling of West Brom, how much did that have to do with just the natural conclusion of the Tony Pulis era? Right. And West Brom are just garbage versus Chelsea have been kind of an up and down, albeit pretty good team this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they've looked, they've looked a lot better in the last few weeks, right? I mean, they, they had a really, uh, encouraging win at home to Man United. Um, and then I mean, was the Man United game right before the international break? I mean, so maybe they've only really had the two big the two big matches. They have, and and I really like Chelsea just to, in the cliche sense of flat track bullies. I mean, they they really did a number on Stoke as well. Mm-hmm. If they're in full flight like they were this weekend, you've got to really like Chelsea. But so leading into Scott Gilshannon's question, who would you prefer, Hazard or Morata? So this is what I would say to Jeff's question is. Hazard's price probably prohibitive. If they're all, if Chelsea is playing well, scoring points, I'd rather have Murata because that price point for Murata fits better into most people's teams as opposed to a ten point five midfielder and Hazard. Right, and it looks like the points at best, being most generous to Hazard, will be split evenly. It would be. Wouldn't you yeah. guess that uh, it was more likely that Murata will have more points at the end of the season than Hazard? That's an interesting question. I I do uh, just because Hazard tends to have these periods where he sort of checks out for a few weeks, and Murata seems like he's he's such a natural goal scorer. You know, I mean, just the way he gets his head on balls. Um, I I do think yeah, I think he'll outscore Hazard over the course of the season. I mean, he's got a big head start anyway, right? Uh, yeah, no, for sure, and the just the assist he provided to Hazard as well. There's some great chemistry yeah, happening there. For sure. Um, I mean, if you're talking about um, doing a combo of oh, here's a here's an interesting one: Pogba and Lukaku as a twofer, or Hazard and Murata. Uh, Pogba, Lukaku, or Hazard and Murata. I guess, I guess I would actually go more. I would go, um, uh, I go Hazard and Murata in that in that equation. Yeah, I don't know. So it feels it, close, you know. I guess it's Hazard Murata. It, it is, seems a little it more is consistent. It's close. Yeah, yeah. Ian Davis asked if if uh, if Hazard and Murata were too much Chelsea, and 
Yeah, I think it just comes down to what your outlay of cash is there, but we like it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that, this brings us into uh, to Kane and Erickson. You know, I mean, if if you're going to free up room for, okay, even if you decide that you're only going to have two forwards up front or possibly even one forward. I know some people are talking about that, uh, which that seems a little rash to me. I think um, it's it hasn't been a yeah. great moment for some of the strikers up front. Um, I mean, you know, guys like Jesus and Aguero are still scoring, but they're just not scoring every game week because they're not always getting enough starts. I mean, if one of those two guys got injured, they'd be a near essential player, right? Um, yeah. And what I what what I would say about the one striker is, yeah, there there have been a number of strikers crapping out week to week, be it Kane or Aguero not getting a minute. But that's why you have to have two at least two strikers to offset if right. or to help you rotate, or if one just falls out of form, you can replace them and, and not miss a beat. Yeah, and I'm I'm planning to write it out with Kane. So there's okay, a bunch of questions here about about Kane and Erickson. Uh, Mark says, is, is Harry Kane drinking the last chance saloon? Uh, Anmar Mar Ingerson says, why is Kane in my team? Why do I hate myself? Uh, Joe says, time to panic on Kane and Erickson. You get the idea. There's lots of, yeah. lots of Kanguish going on right now. And, uh, Kanguish. I love it. <laughs> and I do, I do understand that. And, you know, Erickson's kind of the same way. I mean, Erickson in some ways is even more frustrating because you're not sure He's going to turn it around, and the way, like with Kane, it's like it's frustrating, but you know, all it takes is the slightest window. Like once he's back in form, it'll be, you know, he'll start getting you know four or five goals every, you know, right. You know, he'll get a brace, he'll get a hat trick, something like he'll he'll explode. That, but and it, that's something I'm grappling with in my yeah. team right now. So as I was, I'm I'm tr- I was trying to figure out a way to base to keep. De Bruyne and Erickson and turn Gross into Sala, just get some heavy hitters in my midfield. Right. And that the whole idea there is I have faith that Erickson will come back. A weekend like this, just to see Spurs in this kind of state, of course, causes us all to panic. And yeah, Erickson's coming off of like this amazing display over the break, scoring a hat trick, basically carrying Denmark to the World Cup. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but he he's just always been an, a streaky FPL player. But I, I I hear what you're saying, Josh. I believe that the points will still come. You know what's funny is when I when I looked at your team uh, Saturday morning at 4:30 a.m. on uh, whatever it was, I was just I mean it wasn't uh-huh. just your team. I was looking at um, all you know Ben and, and Dave and some other people. But I was uh, some other people in a mini league. Um, but I was um, I was absolutely certain that you were going to move Erickson to Salah. I just thought that was. I thought that you often make the like the most logical move, you know, like like, <laughs> like I just think you're very good at like assessing things and be like, this is the move that I, I need to make this game week. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a little yeah, more risk, I, risk, like risk. Um, I'm a little more inclined to take a risk, I guess. Well, and I guess I was thinking about this as uh, gearing up for the pod is thinking about Erickson because there are questions about him for obvious reasons. Erickson up to this point is the player granted he's kind of saved me a few game weeks this season if it keeps going like this and I keep a devotion to Erickson he's the exact type of player that can you know cause you to you can can ruin your season basically <laughs> exactly and then what's what's frustrating though is you look at Spurs fixtures it's West Brom Leicester Watford Stoke Brighton right in the next five game weeks there's not going to be made for 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 bringing in someone like Erickson Rally, right? I mean, their fixtures are back. Yeah. 
This is why we're all having heart attacks in FPL world because right. Spurs, this has been the story of Spurs all season. Like right. fantastic fixtures, Captain right. Kane, it's right. all great. Right. And it has been a disaster nine times out of ten. I know. So the, how far does it go? The Kane and I, thing the, is, oh, and I dropped Kane, you know, two weeks ago. For, I, I dropped Murata two weeks ago for Kane. And so I think I picked up a sum total of three points from Kane uh, while Murata yeah. has gone for 17 um you know so that's 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 very frustrating it's it's i the cane thing i mean okay the thing about cane I, I i posted this on twitter on saturdays you know he he's clearly a little injured right he's not moving as well as he normally does he looks he looks injured you know <laughs> i mean he doesn't look happy like cane is a very happy player i feel like in general right he's a very <laughs> joyful player yeah he just has this aura of the most in control player on the pitch yes when he's really feeling it. and then and he's, he's going- had that aura like nonstop for the last two seasons. Exactly. So whatever personal canguish he's got going on right now, he's, he needs to get over it. He needs, he needs to, you know, or, or sit out for a couple of weeks so that I can just transfer him out of my squad and, and be okay with it. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, the champions league at midweek will be really interesting. I, I really hope he doesn't play actually. I'd like to see him get rested. Um, and then the question is, do you, do you captain him at home to West Brom? No, I, I, you know, <laughs> but can you believe that? I mean, you a 12.5 million player, the most expensive player in the game, playing a team yeah. that just fired their manager. I mean, how can you not captain him at home to West Brom? Sure. Well, we've been having the same discussion uh, week in, week out. It's like, how can you? Because it's been a cane. What, what was the stat? Four braces and yes. eight blanks? Yes. yes. So for the, most, for the most part, the argument has been, Okay, there have been a a couple times where the argument is Harry Kane is um, president of the universe. But most of the time, it's do we keep the faith? And the answer is always yes. Harry Harry Kane is world class. Keep the faith. Yes. We have it's cresting at this point. At this point, (laughs) it's cresting. And 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 it's not a it's not an eye test. It's not a visual thing. Now we actually have to grapple with the numbers. And I'm sad to say uh, it's 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 indefensible. (laughs) <laughs> it's not it's not fun and you obviously can't drop him ahead of these fixtures and you just have to hope that he rides it out i mean i mean okay you can drop him yes you go you ahead can, yeah. you can I, you can i dare you to drop him before a home match uh to west brom a team without a manager and like a team that like is clearly in need of you know a whole i don't even know like the lineup's gonna there's gonna be like five new players in that starting 11 this weekend right like they're gonna totally mix things up I mean, we we could go back and basically reset the podcast and start from scratch because the uh, the whole podcast could be about how this is not a binary. The binary is not do you or do you not have Kane. The question is who do you? What strikers do you want or do you need? Right. And you know, you could have in my mind right now. I feel like, and it's total recency bias. But that is sort of the game we play. Murata and Lukaku feel like the best front two fit for me at this point in time. Yeah, Harry Kane feels droppable given the options that that exist. Yeah, but do, do you say definitely drop Kane? No, no, no. I'm I'm practicing patience here, but I'm not I'm not feeling good about it. And I I think I actually am going to captain him this game week. I'm just going to do it out of out of sheer stubbornness. Um, I you know. Who knows how it's going to work out, but I'm. I think I'm. Well, you'll you'll be the differential uh, captain, or I I dare say maybe maybe. All right. So uh, one final uh, topic before we move on, before we take a break, is uh, Manchester City. So there was a uh, you may have seen this, Brandon. This is this was moving and making its way around the uh, 
Reddit and the Twitterverse today, but there's a press conference where, with Guardiola where he basically said, I, I can't play Jesus and Aguero together until Benjamin Mendy is back and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the the assumption there is that Sané is nailed on. Right, but also that, you know, Mendy's not back until April. So, or a so ways away. Earliest. So, can you really... I, I use the Jacobian calendar, actually, Josh. So, uh, I don't really... That doesn't mean anything yeah, to me. I don't I don't believe in the Augustan calendar. So, I, I actually don't... Um, we're a month behind, in my opinion. We're, we're still in October. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, happy Halloween. Yeah, thank, thank you, too. Um, or maybe it's December. I, I, Harvest, happy harvest. I don't stu- know. Stupid joke. Um, so, can you really have Jesus much longer? I have Jesus as well. We both have Jesus. How long can 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 the Jesus experiment continue? Given that he's <laughs> probably going to come off the bench most of like what half of the next ten fixtures. Yeah, I'm done. I'm I'm done with Jesus. And uh, the question is, I'll have to burn points to get rid of him. Yeah, uh, this game week. Sounds like so. you're going to burn like sixteen based on the way you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the thought the thought has crossed my mind. I was I was very close to a minus twelve going into game week twelve, and that what the synergy there would have been unreal, and it would have been rewarded many times over. Is that right? But, you yeah, have, you, you you could have burned twelve, and it would have been a, a net gain. Uh, so the the burning twelve would have been Bertrand and Stones out for Duffy and uh, uh, Tarkovsky and Marada and Sala. Wow. How would that have worked out? Probably pretty well. Yeah. 23, 29. Uh, yeah. Wait, was Tarkovsky and who was the other defender? Uh, Duffy, the Duffy. one-pointer. All oh, right. So 30, 30 points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so but sometimes that, it works. That, that, that's that's beside the point. The, right. the point is, is Jesus is um, I feel like the goal that he scored is kind of the swan song. The fact that, well, he got two bonus points. It was weird. I, I, I was shocked that he got this two. But I was certain it was Lukaku like six pointer. OK, so I, I guess this is what I would this is how I'll uh, frame this uh, discussion is we're heading into a robust period of fixtures, as everyone knows. We're gearing ourselves towards uh, uh, players who are least rotatable. Uh, Bachwai versus Murata. Murata is going to get it, you know, maybe one rest or maybe two over the, the festive sure, period. Sure. Jesus looking at, at a lot more rest than that. Lukaku, same deal. I think Lukaku is going to see a lot more minutes than other strikers. Harry Kane um, depends on might if he's miss a, It depends on if he's healthy. So Jesus, just based on the whole uh, festive period, the fixture pileup, is losing out time and time again. Yeah, it's – I mean, so, you know, Captain Kingpin says um, – well, basically, Captain Kingpin, Ujan, and Peter Locke all have questions about this. And uh, I think the answer is, you know, Brennan, you have um, KDB. I guess he's probably going to stay a fixture in your team, right, because he's not going to move that much. He's, he's not going to be um, – um, He's not going to be uh, rotated very he's, often, right? He's he, stable. Yeah, he he's the one that worked. Right. When you when <laughs> I look back, lived. when I look back at my season, I'll say he's the one that worked. <laughs> so I can't. I, I don't think I could justify bringing him in. I don't even think I'd argue for it on this podcast. I think if you had that kind of money, I'd, I'd probably just bring in um, Eden Hazard. Um, but I, I I do understand. Yeah. I, you know, I guess I I think I might roll through these holiday fixtures with only one. 
with only one city player, and I would like that city player to be Sané. And I don't. I honestly am okay if it's just the one player. I actually am considering bringing in um, Otamendi too, which I know probably seems a little counterintuitive, but um, I'd like. I, just as a center back, I think he's probably the most likely to to play for them, and they really do have good fixtures coming up. So uh, it's it's not an easy one with Man City. Well, yeah, I mean, the John Stones injury is the best thing that happened to that uh, logic because Otamendi is virtually oh, guaranteed. In. He's locked in. I mean, Mangala is not favored at all. Company is um, going to be shattered into a million pieces <laughs> at any moment here. That's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, all right. So, yeah, it's a tricky time for Man City. We've talked about them a lot, though. So let, let's let's move on, Brandon. Let's take a break. Same old podcast, always shaming. Brandon, we're into part two. It's the lightning round. Each question only gets 30 seconds. Yeah, somewhere between 30 seconds and 20 minutes, depending on how much we like the question. Um, and uh, let's go. Brendan Walsh says, how annoying is Ibra likely to be to Lukaku owners? Is it time to move on? Brendan, it's not likely to be very annoying. Uh, I know Lukaku has a very powerful agent. I'm sure there are lots of... <laughs> Back-channel discussions about how many minutes, how many starts Lukaku gets. Also, Ibra just coming back from a cruciate. I know yeah. he looked good against Newcastle coming on for a few minutes, yeah. Yeah. but it's, it is Lukaku's position in my mind. They, pay, they, yeah, they gave him $100 million. Pogba's back. Ibra's going to force Lukaku to play better, but even when Ibra's on the pitch with Lukaku, I think that will give Lukaku attacking points. Like Maybe it means Lukaku gets a couple more assists, but that's... That's all right. Yep. You know, I, I think yep. I don't think there's re- any real net negative to Ibra playing. I mean, obviously, yeah, it might cost Lukaku a start here and there. Next question. Uh, with Stones and Mendy out, this is from, from Pralin Meta. Uh, with Stones and Mendy out and company likely to get injured at some point, is Danilo slash Mangala worth a punt? No, I don't think so. I think you answered this question earlier, Josh. It's Odomende is the pick there for City defense. If you really want to get involved, uh, as I was saying, and I, I made mention on this on Twitter when I when I when I did a takeover of the Hail Cheaters Twitter account on Friday night, I said uh, this is the point in the season in which we realize our FPL house is built on sand. Yeah, and that's that to me is expensive defenders and. I think we can really target as expensive defenses. Arsenal being one that we mentioned at the top of the podcast being pretty good. Manchester City, focus your energy on their attacking output. Yeah. The By the way, the best part about Friday was when you and I both independently I, – I was on the conference floor, but I, I happened to catch the uh, – I think I was you know just – Taking a five minute break or whatever, and I saw this stupid ringer article. This is this like it's it's like a, a like a little cottage industry where people know they get clicks if they compare something to the Premier League and talk about why it's better than the Premier League. And it's just it's like the laziest journalism, and it, it drives yep. me crazy. Um, yep. So I, I like basically wrote that, and then it turned out that like twenty minutes before you had also seen the article <laughs> and written the yeah, exact yeah. almost the exact same thing. And that's why we're friends, because we hate the same internet content. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, exactly. What what are friends for, but if not to hate together? <laughs> uh, Fam Tian Long says, should we consider the Arsenal defense like Bellerin and Cola? They look good against Spurs and are set to profit at home the rest of the season. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. We talked about this uh, at the top. Mustafi is back, and a 5.3 price tag for Mustafi who looks dialed in in the central defense uh, when the next cheapest defender is Monreal, 
Uh, still, Monreal also a great pick. Uh, yeah. Do you but, see any reason? Is there any reason you'd argue for Monreal over Mustafi at point three more? Well, Monreal had what two goals in two games? Sure. Goal machine. But, yeah. Total blip. Total blip. Mustafi has scored multiple times on set pieces for the Gunners, and I see that as more a likelihood than Monreal keeping his scoring output. So, no, I couldn't make a case. Mustafi is an absolute steal at five point three million. I would, I would yep. definitely look to look to bring him in. Yep. Uh, all right. Next question comes from uh, that Joe guy. Um, does that Bournemouth performance sway you guys to look at them in a better light? Uh, Brandon, you were the one who was really, um, kind of knocking Bournemouth last week. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I have to eat my words a little bit here. I did in my defense say I needed to see a performance from Bournemouth against Huddersfield and they came through, they showed it to me, Okay, (laughs) but it, it was a home performance against arguably one of the, um, worst performing teams in the league at this point in time. Um, but but Bournemouth looked great. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even, even talked about even, even playing with 10 men. Yeah. They look great. We haven't even talked about Callan Wilson. Um, the problem with Wilson is he's coming back from injury. I, I don't know that he's, they have a lot of striking options on that, in that squad as, as we all know, right? They've got Josh King. Mm-hmm. They've got Jermaine Defoe. Um, they have Badik Fobe. They have Lise Mousset, Brandon, your beloved Lise Mousset. Um, uh, yeah. Mousset till I die. And I'm worried that they're going to manage Wilson's minutes very carefully. So, I think if you bring in Wilson, you're going to have to deal with a lot of bench time because I'm not sure that he's going to be playing 90 full minutes, you know, two games in four days. Yeah, um, I, I think you made the right move with Charlie Daniels. The The defense is probably the most uh, sustainable or predictable with Bournemouth. Yeah, exactly. I like um, Begovic a lot at 4.5 million. Yeah, but can you justify Begovic over um, Pope at, at Burnley at this point? Yeah, in the time? Pope thing just it still worries me because I just I, I'm just worried about when Tom Heaton's going to come back. I was actually just looking earlier today to see if there's any news on that, but I do think he'll it's be back an, eventually, right? I mean, it's well, yeah, eventually he didn't die. He's not. He's not. He doesn't suddenly right. become a hockey player. Right. But he's the captain of the squad. I mean, once he's healthy, he's back in. But that's for a while now, and Pope is a save machine. Mm-hmm. At Bournemouth, this stat has been touted that um, uh, Burnley allow the most shots of any other team in the Premier League. Yeah. But a lot of those are from outside the box, which makes saves so easy to come by for Nick Pope. The only um, guy I'm looking at right now to play goalkeeper, actually, is Lise Mousset. I am. Uh, I want to I play Lise Mousset out of position as my starting goalkeeper. I think that's a great call. I think that also – that's the last word on Bournemouth. <laughs> our next question comes from Vinny. He says, hey, guys, my question is how can we make our captain picks actually work out for us? Uh, are most of us overthinking the choice when it comes to captain choices or are we just unlucky? Oh, uh, this is an unanswerable question. Uh, I think it largely comes down to luck. I mean with when you have a guy like Harry Kane uh, – a some of the Kane captaincy bandwagons have come from us not overthinking it. Right. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it hindsight, you know, hindsight is 20, 20. I mean, like it's just looking back, you would never have thought that Harry Kane would have just a, a, a game after game of really tantalizing home fixtures against, you know, bottom half of the table competition and come up with blanks again and again and again. I mean, it just, that was not what we saw last year, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. so 
that counts for a lot of the blanks that people are seeing, right? Just those those cane blanks at home. Um, even the blank away to Arsenal was a little surprising. I mean, I, I don't know. It feels like, and I do think there's a lot of luck involved with with captains. So much luck. We we look back at that game, uh, Manchester City against Newcastle, when Aguero got was it five goals? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think we all captained him. And it yeah. was like the easiest thing. Like, of course we all captained him. Right. Newcastle right. was terrible at the time. And yep. it was no problem. I remember that one. Uh, that may be the only captaincy I, re- I remember, apart from Luis Suarez scoring four goals against North City. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Tashi C says, am I a failure for not having Rocharlison? Also, is Watford really that good or is West Ham that terrible? Uh, it can be both, Tashi. Uh, Watford's mid looked amazing. Yeah, they really did. There was like a 10 minute period in which Watford was just like passing it around West Ham's 18 yard box, like teasing them. Like, like they, I was imagining Watford's midfield, like passing it around and basically saying, well, we'll give you the ball. If like, if, uh, Mark Noble, you take your shorts off and humiliate yourself. <laughs> there's, in front of all these their scouting is just bullying them. It, isn't it amazing the scouting that Watford do? I mean, the fact that they have like four, like it feels like they have three or four new starters every season in their midfield. And yeah, somehow I mean, it they're, works. like, it's, it's crazy. They're like the team that Southampton was a couple seasons ago. Yeah. They seem to be building something sustainable at Watford where there are lots of other clubs and in, in that, realm that are failing yeah and yeah they really they really are that good and west ham are really that bad i i heard that spurs might be looking at richarlison which would be kind of an interesting fit there i mean if they could replace musa sissoko with anything <laughs> what is going on there sissoko was killing spurs yeah against Arsenal. i think i saw that. some stat that he has played in 14 derby matches and his record is one win, one tie, and twelve losses. So uh, he's like he's like a, he's like a what is the opposite of a good luck charm? He's like a he's a bad luck charm. One good game for France in the Euros, and uh, he's he's and my fantasy team is still paying the price. All right, John, the namer of your team, Brandon says, "Yeah, Flint City Patriots, go baby." Says, it's "Not been a good luck charm so far, Jed." <laughs> says, uh, "Rotation of goalies is frustrating for me. He's got Foster and Elliott, uh, and a constant worry. The cherries seem to be on form plus plus fixtures. Is Begovic a good option? Well, there you go. We already talked about it. Uh, regretting not going for an A lister from the beginning." Uh, I do think Begovic is a good option. Um, their fixtures are pretty good. So they, I think they have like four more strong fixtures and they have a couple difficult ones and then they have uh, some more strong fixtures after that. So there's like a little run in late December where they're it's sort of tricky, but um, I don't know. I think that, I think that Begovic is a, is a pretty decent option there as kind of a like for like swap with, I mean, Fabianski, I mean, part of it is I just have Fabianski who's just doing nothing for me um, yeah. to the point. I mean, I hate making a goalkeeper transfer, but I, I, I'm really thinking I might have to do it um, just yeah. because I'm also not getting anything from Elliot. It's not like Elliot is racking up tons of saves. Um, yeah. I'm just, I hate my goalkeepers right now. It's like, I, I don't, I don't feel like I get anything from them any week. You know, I'm just like expecting the worst every time. Yeah. And uh, like you were saying, even though Nick Pope is the goalkeeper of choice right now, if you, it, we hate spending transfers on goalkeepers. Begovic will be the starter, no brainer for the rest of the season. So, in that price bracket, if you want to basically spend one final transfer on goalkeepers, right. 
save a wild card, go for it. Yeah, and De Gea's price keeps rising. I think he's up to like 5.7 now, so it's 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 tricky to bring him in for sure. It really is, yeah. Everyone who, who went big at the start of the season has been rewarded. It looks like it looks like De Gea is going to finish number one goalkeeper yeah, in the season. I think that's definitely going to happen. All right, uh, two more questions to go, Brandon. Um, Rosie says, uh, it's my first FPL season. Could you touch on the theories of when to use the bench boost, triple captain, and free hit? Free hit? And what is the double game week I keep hearing about? Uh, now, you know, for, for long-time managers, obviously this is, um, this is something that you've like sort of thought about and then like just shelved in the back of your head. But just if, if you are, you know, I'm, I'm conscious of this because sometimes people listen to podcasts and they're like, you use words like differential and whatever. And I had no idea what you were even talking about. So just for the record, for many long-term managers, uh, the bench boost, the triple captain, the free hit are all chips that most of us are saving for the double game weeks, which is when, uh, teams get, um, you know, two fixtures in one single game week, usually because they are playing in the FA Cup, which takes place that weekend, or uh, you know, typically the um, the League Cup final is another fixture where um, you know, typically four teams are displaced, right? Because there's two teams in the final and the two teams they were going to play. Um, mm-hmm. So um, you know, obviously, if you use those chips during those weeks, then you get double fixtures, and it's a chance to really maximize your points. Um, so that's. That's the biggest theory is just to wait until the fixtures are so good. It's, it's actually not even about the fixtures being so good, but just giving your players so many chances to create points, right? Because instead of having 90 minutes, you have 180 minutes. Yeah, you're, you're, you're uh, steering the odds in your favor. You have right. a greater percentage chance of actually cashing in on, on these chips. Right. So that's like the, that's the 30-second version. But Rosie, if you yeah, want to email us, we can, t- we can tell you a little more. Yeah, but and the 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 big double game like that everyone's going to play their chips on typically comes at the end of the season, roundabout game week thirty six. So yeah. you you have to show patience. Yeah, and also speaking patience. of patience, if you're a first time FPL manager and you're still listening like an hour deep into this <laughs> podcast, congr- I, I love you. It's unbelievable. Yeah, at this point, there's there's like eight people who are still listening. Like <laughs> we can name them all. Like. Uh, all right, Andrew Gorman, final question. Will I get hit by a biblical plague if I transfer out Abraham? I still have Pope and Jesus. Um, just a good question. Uh, I, Tammy Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Tammy Abraham. Any any people out there that like, uh, you know, Sunday school hymns, um, that's, that's one for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, someone said, well, thankfully you didn't have to transfer out Moses as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we take a break? We'll come back and preview game week 13. Let's do it. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Brandon, final, final section here. Game week 13. What's your move? Or do you already have your train? It sounds like you're going to burn like 20 points this game week. Yeah, I'm, I am looking at burning points. John Stones has to go. He's out for, for maybe six weeks or more with sure. a hamstring. He was next on the chopping block part. I have I have banked uh, two point seven million at this point. Wow! It's it's like I've been saving my pennies <laughs> to uh, up upgrade Pascal Gross. I'm surprised he was next though. I mean, away to Huddersfield. That's that's a that's a, like a guaranteed clean sheet, right? It is, but mm, is it a guarantee? Now, but, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it really doesn't matter now. But the the. The point is, I just feel like the money is ill-invested mm. in the back. Monreal is going to be my my only plus plus five defender. So I'm basically looking at stones to a cheap defender, and 
and the other marks are Marada and Sala. So they both this game week 12 was the game week to have them right now. Now Liverpool and Chelsea both have away fixtures. Chelsea goes to Azerbaijan on Wednesday and Liverpool is at Sevilla on Tuesday. Big champions league games for them. A large part of their focus goes to that. Then they play each other in game week 13. So I'm totally fixated on Salah and Murata. Maybe I just make my one defensive transfer with an eye toward getting Salah and Murata in game week 14. The issue, right. Josh. Are you still with me? Yes, I'm still I'm still with you. And game week 14, okay, midweek, midweek next week. <laughs> yeah, which will be here before you know it. My one concern is price rises. So we've already seen a price rise with uh, Salah and Murata, which is which is wildly complicated this whole strategy. So if, if it looks like they're both going to jump in price before the weekend, then I may burn eight points. Uh, the other option would be to look to dump Erickson, turn Erickson into somebody like Sané and, and just do a minus four and do Sané and Salah for Erickson and gross and, and yeah. leave John Stones for the, yeah. for the week. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, just let it let it let it roll over. The the yeah, you know, but yeah. I, there, you, you wouldn't be there fixing are a lot your of options. Weakest link, would you? That'd be the uh, to use the advice from episode one hundred. That would be that'd be that'd be a luxury transfer. Yeah, it would be. So John Stones is the weakest link. Then probably maybe as we were saying, Jesus behind that. But yeah. I. So that could be a like for like, just Murata to Jesus. But I don't, I just have so many questions about the Chelsea Liverpool fixture. I don't want, I don't really want to play that fixture uh, right now. But I'm very concerned about these price rises. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am a little torn as to what to do myself. Um, it kind of depends on Ben Davis. If I actually still have Ben Davis on my team, uh, and if he uh, does not. If he does not play at the midweek, if Danny Rose gets the Champions League match, which is possible, uh, but I, I probably unlikely actually. So the, a lot of this will be moved. So I, I won't go on for this too long. But um, if Davis doesn't play at midweek, and then you know probably set to play over the weekend, I'll keep him in my squad because they're home to West Brom. Um, in that case, I may actually not burn a um, a transfer at all, and I'll just carried over because i've got all of these like players that I'm, I'm a little unsure of right now i've got sterling and jesus and um i guess those are the two biggest questions or that they're my, my two my two man city players i'm just not it really depends on how they you know how many minutes they get at midweek i mean i, I don't think i'm really going to yeah. drop sterling but it just it's so frustrating to have these i mean they keep scoring up the bench so it, it hasn't been a total disaster but um it does feel like it's a problem <laughs> that has to get solved so i i, I Basically, I'm going to wait until Friday and decide what. Actually, no. But here's the problem: is that um, Friday afternoon there's a uh, there's a champion. Or there's a, a, a it's an early game this week. Uh, Leicester yeah. Leicester play on Friday, so Leicester uh, West Ham, which is kind of a fun game. It, it is, a, I, but neither of us will have any players in that. Yeah, I'll still watch. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll still. Watch. <laughs> It'll be a pure watch. Exactly. Well, oh, maybe we should actually watch that on Friday. That'd be a good. You know, we're home for Thanksgiving. You know, watch absolutely. Little, watch it's a great cameras. U.S. holiday. Yeah. It is. So it sounds like we're still we're we're both still sticking with Kane. No question about that. I don't know how you could drop him before this game. So the the captaincy Lukaku looks to be a good shout for game week thirteen, home against Brighton. Yeah, or Kane. 
Oh right, yeah, you're 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 doing the unconventional now. It's not now bad unconventional. Pick. I'm just okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's like a it's a bad run for Kane. Weighed against you know four years of success. So I'm I you know yeah. I, I, yeah. It's still I still feel comfortable. It's not exactly like I haven't brought in you know Peter Crouch or something. You know, it's still like one of the best players in the league. So what are we looking for? In the next few days, be it the uh, uh, if Kane or how much Kane plays midweek in the Champions League, what kind of language Pochettino is using in press conferences, what clues are we looking for to give us confidence to not just break ties with Kane and to captain him? Yeah, I mean, I I guess you'd want him to play at midweek. Uh, well, get rested or play like a short amount of time, like play 60 minutes and get a brace or something, you know, like, I mean, uh, Dortmund are kind of reeling right now in the Bundesliga. So it's it's a good time to play them. So I, I do think he could score in that match. Um, and if, if he like played, you know, 65 minutes, picked up a goal, um, I'd feel really good about him. Um, mm-hmm. If he played the full 90 and blanked, um, I'd be kind of nervous. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just looking at these fixtures, trying to pull out clean sheets. Well, well do you have any predictions about Liverpool-Chelsea since we were talking about it? No, uh, not not yet. Um, I think uh, Liverpool will actually probably win that game. Uh, it's an interesting match for Salah. You know, he's playing his old squad. But I think that stuff gets a little overrated. You know, I don't think these guys – I mean – he, he's like a he's like a millionaire many times over, right? Like whatever. It's all like it's fine. Like it didn't work it's out. Bu- it's only business. Yeah, it's like that's just for like TV producers, like the revenge game and stuff. It's all whatever. It's fine. No, Sal is kissing that badge when he scores. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's kissing the badge. All right. So if if you don't make if if you don't make any transfers this game week, uh, who's your captain for game week thirteen? Oh. I mean, maybe maybe De Bruyne against Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, midweek Champions League game to qualify that. But yeah. uh, De Bruyne has been delivering pretty steadily. Huddersfield are reeling a bit right now. City are strong. They could just roll up there and smash them. And De Bruyne in, in the last month has shown his capability of scoring. Looks like he's looking to shoot more. Yeah, there's less concern of him, you know, being out of the attack, lying a little too deep, mm-hmm. and uh, he's, yeah. So I, 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 I just I might go. It's Kane De Bruyne. You're you're convincing me. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, yeah. And after the one pointer with Kane, I, I know you're you're in a tough place. It's it's a dark place for you. So I I won't I won't push it too hard, but. I actually think it would be Sterling would be an interesting choice in that case um, if you if you had Sterling because you know we've already seen Jesus get benched two game weeks in a row this happened like two weeks ago but Sterling yeah. is is like a pretty locked in starter at this point so if he didn't play a midweek then he would be an interesting captain option for Sunday because yeah. I really think he could do damage against a team like Huddersfield I don't know that they really uh, match up well with a player like him so. Um, I don't. I mean, I just don't think his. I think his. I mean, how old is um? Some of the players in that in that Huddersfield defense are, are not very young. Um, and I just. I think. I think. Uh, how about that for like a cheeky captain, Pont Sterling? So we're done. That's yeah, we're done. Oh, cool. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be coming. It's going to be coming thick and fast here. Uh, but we're always cheating is going to be with you guys every step of the way. 
Yeah, so I agree. They're coming thick and fast, um, and uh, we'll we'll be here with with way too many podcasts over the next few weeks. So uh, keep an eye. We also uh, we're going to do a Patreon podcast um, uh, sometime, possibly even as soon as this weekend. Um, so uh, we have an idea for that podcast, but if there's something that if you're a Patreon supporter, reach out to us, and if there's something you really want us to do, if there's something that you think would be a really cool feature on there, uh, let us know and. Um, We'll do some some real fan service for our Patreon supporters, and so if you want whatever to become a Patreon, oh, sorry, sorry, Brandon, what's, what's that? <laughs> I just said whatever you want, guys. Anything, uh, anything, just name it, just name it. It's and it's yours. Um, Patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can support the podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, all kinds of places where you listen to your podcast. Acast. Um, and, uh, you can follow the podcast on, uh, <laughs> this is, this is like my weakest, I'm not, we're, 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 we're really like ending this with a whimper, aren't we, Brandon? Uh, <laughs> you can find us on alwayscheating.com, facebook.com slash alwayscheating, uh, twitter.com slash hail cheaters. Um, what did I miss? It's important you get the dot com there. <laughs> if you're going to Twitter, it's not a dot edu. It's not a dot org. Dot dot co dot uk. Nothing like that. Before before that was that was spectacular, Joshua. Perhaps your best outro ever. And I just want to say, uh, people have been leaving some some great uh, reviews on our iTunes page, and that really helps us. It helps people find the pod. If you are so moved, we'd love it if you went to iTunes and rated. Gave us five stars on iTunes. Left us a kind review if you like the pot. Yeah, much appreciate. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Yeah, I was. I was actually just looking recently. I was. I was talking to someone about the podcast, and um, and I was. I was just. I pulled it up my phone, and I was like, "Wow, we have that many reviews." Um, and so yeah, we actually have a five star rating on the on the site right now, and it's it's all thanks to uh, people like you who took the time to do it. So it's really much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, cool. Good luck in game week 13, you all, and uh, I wish you bad luck, Joshua. Yeah, bad luck back to you, and happy Turkey Day Eve. Eve, Eve. Yeah. To you. Happy Thanksgiving to all our U.S. listeners. Yeah. All right. See you next week. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.